0: Welcome to Movies on the Radio. I'm your host, Sean, and with me today, Stephanie Joan. Stephanie is a filmmaker and producer. Her award-winning film, on Deor De Trois, screens during the first program of the Vancouver Island Short Film Festival. Welcome, Stephanie.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: On Deor De Trois translates to, apart from you, it was a beautiful and heartbreaking film. Uh, obviously, you're a dancer. I think one of The things that's interesting, we're starting to see more works featuring performers cast in ways that subvert tradition, and this is one of the themes of the film. One of the ones that occurs to me that I really enjoyed was Cade Tempest's Philoctetes that featured an all-female cast uh, that played for National Theatre Live. In this film, film what about sort of and we don't want to spoil much of the film but is there anything about subverting these sort of traditional casting and and performance uh ideals that inspires you
1: sure um yeah i come from a from a mixed uh arts background from performing arts background and sort of other mediums so in that respect I was really excited to being uh to be casting this film looking for uh, actors who also you know were uh artists of other mediums specifically dance the film is a uh large portion a dance film. And so to me, it was really exciting to be able to showcase those talents of our actors on screen uh, in ways that, you know, have become more common, but it's still still hard for for actors to find roles where they can also express themselves, you know, through dance or through those other mediums. And of course, the film is also, you know, heavily um, centered around sort of uh, LGBTQ plus content and and expressing yourself and that you know we are coming to see more in this day and age, but there's certainly still a lack of that sort of content out there. So I was also very excited to to put that on screen.
0: And I I think one of the there's a particular moment in the film where uh, where a queer dancer takes the role uh, of of a male dancer. So you obviously have a history in dance, uh, not just as a dancer, but now as a producer and choreographer. So in terms of uh, sort of subverting traditional casting and performance, are there any dance pieces that you would like to see uh, be subverted in ways where maybe it's it's a difference of casting or it's a difference of performance or anything that you'd like to strip down and sort of uh, reimagine with different performers, uh, sort of moving through it.
1: Mm, that's a really interesting question. Um- ballet itself especially tends to still be stuck in quite rigid gender roles. Um, You'll notice that the majority, if not all traditional ballets uh, are very uh, masculine and feminine, there's a role of the, you know, the the savior type of male and the female in distress. And uh, so I was excited to sort of challenge that in this film. Uh, There's a wonderful uh, company out of the United States called Ballets, which is a, a sort of lesbian ballet company that does a lot of uh, homosexual partnering. You know, the same gendered partnering to showcase also that uh, women are strong enough to to hold each other, and men are vulnerable enough to to sort of connect with each other in ways that often weren't displayed in in ballet before. Um, so I think that's wonderful, and I would love to see a continuation of that in, in more traditional ballet.
0: So I think there's an appetite to see these things shift. I think there's an appetite particularly from audiences and arts audiences uh, to see these gender roles shifted, to see some of these questions asked and answered. And what do you think is what do you think the hesitancy or the reluctance to sort of eschew tradition and make some of these choices in different ways is in the larger context of dance and, and particularly ballet, which, which as you've said, uh, seems to be quite rigid in its structures and traditions?
1: Mm. Yeah, ballet is, is one of the more traditional and, and historical art forms. And I think that uh, it tends to sort of be known as as an art form in which women in particular are conveyed as very uh stereotypically feminine they're they're frail and thin and look you know sort of effortless and uh anything that sort of uh challenges that and challenges the patriarchy goes against what uh is typically considered beautiful by ballet's standards. Of course, nowadays, we know that beauty comes in all sorts of shapes and forms and and is not, you know, restricted to this. But I think that it's just a matter of time and of people challenging this in the dance community itself. And we are seeing a lot more of it nowadays. Um, I think it's just been slow compared to a lot of other forms of art that tend to be uh, um, also more welcoming of just all types of people. Um, ballet can be, you know, very strict in the not only the the gender roles, but also the body types and the race and all of those things. Um, so it's taken a bit a bit more time to sort of break out of that box.
0: So you have a background in dance, particularly in ballet, and then particularly background in competitive dance. So uh, performing at a high level, you're a two-time gold medalist at the 2016 World Dance Championships in Wetzlar, Germany. So you shift from a world of being a dancer to now being a producer of stories that talk about uh, and tell stories about dance and try to tell a larger narrative. I think dance within itself, you're always trying to have a narrative within dance and within the movement. And so how does that change when you're shifting from something that's more of, I don't want to say an abstract narrative, but it's it's a narrative that is more open to interpretation and experience to something that's more of a direct narrative mm. where you have a clear story, you have a beginning, a middle and end, you have characters and dialogue. So what does that shift look like for you in terms of writing and producing and thinking along more traditional narrative lines?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely been a challenge for me. I think it's opened up sort of a new... Um, a new way of looking at storytelling for me. I've been very fortunate to have collaborated with a lot of people who are um, wonderful writers and directors who've sort of helped me to uh, realize these stories in a more traditional narrative sense, because I come from a bit of a different background, but I think at its core um, the types of storytelling that I'm drawn to are always uh, very emotional, uh, vulnerable, and in character-driven stories both in dance and in film. And although it's a bit more abstract when it comes to dance, I think that if you keep that as your focus, it it's easier to translate over into different mediums than you expect it to be.
0: There's lots of, of course, stories about the just the difficulties and the physical toll that competitive ballet will take on a dancer over time. And I'm I'm sure, particularly for uh, competitive dancing into world class, there it takes a toll on you. So I'm interested in how you're preparing differently to be a world champion dancer versus how you're preparing to film, where it's a different context. uh, But it's it's you know you're maybe doing things over a long period of time, or dance looks different. So. Yeah. How do you prepare differently? And then what does dance and choreography look like uh, from the distinction of choreographing for the stage where it's an extended performance versus choreographing for the screen where you're dealing with times and sets and and all of these things uh, and Mm -hmm. multiple takes?
1: Yeah. I think in terms of the actual preparation for uh, film and for dance in film versus the preparation for competitive dance or performative dance, a lot of it is actually very similar. Um, our cast were all dancers of of various uh, styles, but the majority of them had ballet experience, including um, the Desiree Zarowski who plays uh, Miss Irina in the film. She you know, has been a professional ballerina before. So we really tried to make sure that we treated the lead up to the film similarly to any sort of competitive dance. You know, we did a lot of rehearsing. We did a lot of stretching. The choreography process is, is similar. Um, I think the biggest thing is that when you're competing or um, when you're performing, it tends to be over very fast. Uh, you, you do your performance. It's, you know... So many minutes or so many hours, depending on what you're doing, but it, then it's done. And uh, in film, you do often take after take after take for many days to get exactly what you're looking for. And so it was important to me that the dancers, you know, were able to to be open about just exactly the limits that that they had, um, and that we, you know, took enough time to shoot everything um, so that we weren't pushing anybody in a way that. Uh, dancers tend to be very willing to push themselves. You know, they don't tend to speak up because it's one of those things is that you're taught to just, you know, kind of grin and bear it and grit your teeth and and smile. And, And so I wanted to be like, hey, you know, what we're trying to do here is is subvert that typical expectation as well, both on, you know, in a film storytelling side, but also on the production side. So let's make sure that this is, you know, as healthy for you as we possibly can. And um, I think that I hope that we succeeded. I mean, you know, creating that dialogue with them, I think, was the first step. But everyone delivered fantastic performances and we had a great crew. So we didn't have to do, you know, t- take after take after take, which was also you know, part of the reason that uh, everything worked so smoothly.
0: And I, I think that's interesting in in a performance, like you say, and and I write theater. So you, you have this and you do the work, but then on the day of the thing, you do it. And if there are mistakes, there are mistakes. And if there are errors, there are errors. And it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. And in a take uh, in a film, you of course have the choice to go back, to reshoot, to tweak something, to change... Uh, Something about how people move and to aim for, uh, I don't want to say perfection, but you're certainly seeking something or you're looking for something. And so how do you balance the sort of organic nature of something that happens and is then over versus something that is intrinsically produced where uh, you have... Cameras, and you have the option to stop and say, "Well, we'd like this movement to be here. This isn't exactly right, and and there was a stumble here, and we actually want this to be more perfect." So, what is the balance for you now as a filmmaker uh, and as a competitive dancer who's gone as close as you can imagine to a perfect performance, but still probably knows your own little trips and fumbles and things like that? So, what is that balance yeah. for you?
1: Yeah, uh, dancers intrinsically are very much perfectionists. It's, you know, it's drilled into you from a young age. So both myself and the cast were quite hard on ourselves when it came to shooting and wanting it to be perfect when you have the opportunity to do it over again. Something we talked about from the very beginning, and our director, director Kaisa was also uh very much a proponent of was that this is a very human story, and so we don't want to erase the humanity of it, which it's you know is erasing the mistakes. And and so by sort of reminding ourselves that and and limiting ourselves, you know, to not doing it until it's perfect and then of course you always have constraints of time and other things like that which you know it can sometimes just be helpful in those circumstances when you are such a perfectionist to just be like we have to move on it's just it's just the way it is um but yeah remembering that there was a very human element to this film that we didn't want to erase I think was really helpful
0: uh, we're gonna switch directions a little bit now so I have a series <laughs> of short questions. You can answer them with one or two words. If there's anything that's really compelling to you, feel free to expand on it. Uh, If you can't think of an answer, that's okay. You can pass. Uh, You can also come back to something later. Sure. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Cats or dogs? Cats. Favorite John Hughes film?
1: I don't know if there's a favorite.
0: (laughs) Uh, Two favorites.
1: Two favorites.
0: Yeah. You could pick two or three
1: oh my goodness one that you really
0: like which is um, what is the first John hughes film that pops into your head
1: i'm curious to know what your favorite is
0: what my favorite nobody's asked me any questions <laughs> for this whole thing uh it's probably the breakfast club yeah i was favorite. gonna say
1: yeah. classic
0: classic yeah classic outcast beautiful- narrative uh and me being a classic outcast i, <laughs> yeah. I resonate So we'll come back to you later. Uh, What was the last (laughs) film you watched?
1: Oh, I just watched um, Rice Boy Sleeps by Anthony Shim in theaters. Uh, It's a Canadian film that's done really well on the festival circuit. If you haven't watched it, I implore you to go and check it out.
0: Weird Celebrity Encounter.
1: Weird Celebrity Encounter. I was really uh, excited to see Anna Camp uh, at the... Uh, Beverly Hills, uh, in Beverly Hills when I was there at, at a film festival and at the lady make- filmmakers film festival. And I don't think that uh, she would have minded if I went up to her, but I was way too nervous.
0: <laughs> Sound or noise you hate?
1: Uh, air brakes on buses.
0: <laughs> Best villain? Uh,
1: misunderstood villain, uh, the Wicked Witch of the West, Alphaba from Wicked.
0: Waiting in line, yes or no?
1: Mm, yes, I'm fairly patient.
0: Last time you cried during a film? Yesterday. <laughs> Favorite swear word?
1: Mm, probably. I'm like, are we allowed to say these on the radio? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Bitch.
0: <laughs> Stuck on repeat for the soundtrack of your life.
1: Ooh. This morning? Sunday morning. Very, very twang- tranquil. <laughs>
0: Uh, for many of us, we reach an age where we look in the mirror and we can't imagine ourselves being older than a particular age. And there's new information that says for some of us that'll just never happen, that we get psychologically stuck as saying, well, I'm only this and it doesn't matter how old I look. I'll always be whatever I am. And so uh, what age are you stuck on?
1: Oh, Interestingly, I've always said I felt like I should be forty years old, but I haven't got there yet. So I'm not sure if that counts.
0: So you you look at yourself and and you feel forty, and you're just waiting yes. for the rest of you to catch up.
1: That's exactly
0: it. Uh, last film you hate watched.
1: Oh, uh, um, that's a hard one. I don't. I don't hate. Films. <laughs> I don't... Well,
0: and and hate watch is a bit of a loaded thing. So it could be a film you watched, knowing knowing what you were going to get walking into it. I with my partner watched Magic Mike's Last Dance two nights ago. Uh it was exactly what you think. It was softcore <laughs> pornography. Uh it was not a great film. We knew it was not going to be a great film, but sometimes you just get into it and have a little mm-hmm. bit of fun.
1: I think every time I go back and watch high school musical, I love it because it's nostalgic and it's a musical, but every time I watch it, I'm like, mm, I don't remember it being quite this bad.
0: There you go. That counts. Uh, <laughs> jazz or rock and roll? Jazz. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Have you ever seen a ghost or experienced or felt a ghost?
1: No, but I had a friend growing up that experienced them a lot.
0: Stephanie? Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Stephanie Jones' film on Dior de Trois screens during the first program of the Vancouver Island Short Film Festival coming to the Malaspina Theatre at Vancouver Island University on April 21st and 22nd tickets to the festival you can go to visff.com purchase tickets for the first or second program or to enjoy all of the delightful films we're showcasing purchase a pass for the entire festival will you be joining us for the festival
1: i will be there yes
0: fantastic well stephanie thank you so much again for your time it was a delight to speak to you uh, and i look forward to seeing you at the festival in april
1: yes thank you so much
0: Movies on the Radio is produced by Sean Enns and Zoe Heath. Engineered by Zoe Heath. Produced for the Vancouver Island Short Film Festival. Learn more and purchase tickets at visff.com.